0: Hello everyone. I am here today to talk a little bit about unschooling. My family has through the years gone through many different forms of homeschooling and I think it's safe to say that in the last few years we have truly become schoolers. So I thought I'd do this today because I actually had someone ask me today what on earth unschooling really is And how on earth I could possibly think that it would be a real and a quality academic experience for my kids. So I thought, well, you know, the last time I did a podcast here on homeschooling, I just kind of gave an introduction to myself and my family and the many crazy endeavors that we take part in. So why not wrap this into what it means to unschool and How we can know that it's working. And I say that loosely because really every one of us, whatever form of home learning we're doing, we're all going to have moments where we question whether or not it's really working, whether or not it's really going to be enough. We're going to have those days where, oh my goodness, somebody (laughs) asked my son the other day, when is your birthday? His birthday is today, actually. He just turned 11. And he kind of looked at them, just shrugged his shoulders, just like, I don't know. And he knows his birthday. He tells me later he just didn't feel like telling them when it was because he just didn't really know them well enough to give them that sort of information. (laughs) Then my son was at a goalie clinic um, a couple weeks ago. And he came out and he said, you know, somebody asked me what grade I was in. And I said, you know, I don't know. We don't do that stuff. And it was cute because the kid he was talking to worked out based upon his age that he's got to be in sixth grade. And so my son had to look all this up when we got home and see what it is you're supposed to be doing when you're in sixth grade. And he was just floored with the amount of work and the hours that like regular public school kids put into it. And so we really had to go and break it down so he could see how he really does an equivalent amount of work. We just put it into different forms and activities throughout our day. So anyway, so to give a basic general idea of what on-schooling is, the best definition I've come across so far is found in this book, The On-Schooling Handbook by Mary Griffith. How to use the world as your child's classroom. She writes in here The essence of onschooling is that there is no magic formula, no simple solution in a box for every child's education. Onschooling is simply a way to tailor learning to the specific needs of each child and family. So, we all know that every one of our kids is fearfully and wonderfully made. They're all very uniquely designed and they all have different quirks, different things that work for them and things that don't. Some of them learn best visually. Others can learn best by reading. Some need to do. They need to get their hands dirty. Um, so there's lots of different ways to learn. There's different styles of learning. And I think that's important when we're looking at how we can best help our kids to successfully become lifelong learners. I mean, that's my goal in the grand scheme of things is for my kids to know how to learn, to be able to find the information and for them to be able to say, I want to learn how to change a tire and then be able to successfully locate the information, the materials they need so that they can do what it is they're looking to do. So the beauty of on-schooling is that you're learning what matters most to you. You're taking the things that really matter to your children, and you're allowing them to learn. As much as they want to about those things. So when my son decided that he really wanted to be a goalie coach, um, he spent quite a bit of time learning and watching videos on how people coach and what kinds of techniques they use, what the backgrounds were of people who do coach ice hockey goalies. And he also managed to connect with a couple coaches who are very interested in helping him to further this interest of his as much as they are able at his current age. And then, you know, also helping him to connect once he is old enough to really get out there and coach. So when you're on schooling, it's really it's self-directed learning Our job as parents is no longer to put work in front of them to do, to keep them busy. Um, It's not our job to put things together. It is our work to facilitate, to help encourage and maybe mentor is a good word, as our children look for that information that they are wanting and needing. I love how, um, again, from this book by Mary Griffith, The On-Schooling Handbook, she writes, On-Schooling is mindful living. It is free play and exploration. It is letting go of the shoulds and the oughts and the measuring sticks and living fully rather than manufacturing an educational experience to fill in gaps in our life. This type of living requires a considerable amount of trust and patience. We must trust that our children will learn what they need to know without years of conventional instruction and we need to have patience enough to let them get to it in their own time. It is not a life to be hurried. It is not a life that is neat and tidy. It is vastly different from the way society is schooled. And you know, it's really neat because when you, when you do this, you're stepping back and you're really seeing your kids in a whole different light. Um, you're seeing those special gifts and talents as they are developing. You're seeing sometimes, my oldest son is classic for this, you're seeing them pick up all sorts of different things. And there were times, and there still are, that I get the impression that he's just skipping from one thing to the next. And, you know, my natural inclination is to be um, the you start and you finish kind of person. You know, we started this class. We need to finish it. As I've worked through this unschooling with my own family and especially with my oldest son, I have learned that it's really important to give him room as much as possible to explore the many interests he has. Um, I have a friend who refers to her daughter as a flitterer because her daughter's always going here and there and there and here and she never really sticks with anything for very long. She's just always so curious about all the things that pop into her mind and that's very much how my 14 year old son is to this day. He's not He's not as young as my friend's daughter He's much older, but he's certainly, he's flittering about to find the things that stick. And so it really requires faith on my part to be able to allow that and not see it as him being lazy or unmotivated or being a starter and not a finisher, but seeing it somehow, this is all connected in his head even if I don't understand. And I remember reading in this amazing book, I believe it was called Christian Unschooling. It talked about how important it is for us to recognize that we are not the Holy Spirit of our children. And whatever it is that they are doing, those things that matter so much to them, we don't see what's going on inside. We are not privy to the thoughts that they are thinking or the feelings that they are having in regards to the activities or the books or the videos or the music. That's something that we don't know unless they are willing to open up to us and share how these things matter so much to them. And you know, that requires us to be respectful and trust our children. Um, I think of how my oldest son is very much, he's a video gamer. He likes movies. He has a video camera he just got. And he brought it to the park right away to start practicing taking video and taking um, still shots with it. It's a great looking camera. But, you know, when he... When he's on his screens, I didn't have a television growing up. When By the time I had a computer, it was literally bare bones to get me through college. So I didn't invest in all of these screens. I didn't have them around me at all as a child or as a young adult. And I really, I, I liked that quiet and I saw it as an opportunity to encourage myself to do so many other things. I don't always see the benefit of technology the way most people do today. So where my son can sit for hours on the computer or on his phone or on the television set, I have to really work hard to not yell at him and tell him to go find something productive to do. I know that these things matter to him, And so it's a real internal thing for me, giving him the space to explore these things and to trust him that he's going to make the right choices. Now, I will say we do have filters on all of our stuff. Um, We have software so that I can see, my husband can see everything that he's looking at, everything that he's doing, every keystroke on his phone, on the computer, on the television set. So we do believe in monitoring. I mean, if if we're completely honest, I remember a point in time where my son was watching Spider-Man cartoons on YouTube and all of a sudden he wasn't. And what he was watching were commercials for beer and alcohol. And you know, they have some pretty sexual stuff in those commercials. So if we're totally honest, I don't think it's responsible to completely let our kids go and just watch whatever they want and not be supervising it. I think it's important for us to use those things as teaching points with our kids, if at all possible. And you know, this is where we go back to relationship. You know, having the relationship with our kids so that they're comfortable saying, yeah, I I saw that and that was really inappropriate. Or, yes, I was watching that. And I know that you think it's really inappropriate, but here's why I was watching. Um, So anyway, so, you know, it's that mindful life that we're living and we're doing this together and we're trusting, we're having faith that it's going to be Okay. That our kids are going to find and they 're going to be able to be resourceful, and it 's going to be okay as on schoolers we don 't really approach learning the way other people do. Um, we live, we learn, we go. We don't really focus on lesson plans or curriculum. We're not constantly tracking their grades or, you know, what they did each day. Yes, you know, we do need to pay attention to some of that. State standards do require us to clock a certain amount of hours. And especially as they get to high school, it's important for us to know what the requirements are for us to graduate our kids. But we don't focus on the tests and the textbooks. And we really... We focus on the fact that our kids are growing. Ideally, they're growing in a community with other people, and they're gaining all sorts of different experiences just from living their life and being a part of community Uh, church community, volunteer community, art classes. You know, if you want to engage in co ops, there's, you know, different opportunities for our kids there. And to say that we're on schooling and we don't do co-ops or we don't do group outings wouldn't be true at all. I know a lot of families who are on many different levels with their on schooling. Some are very heavily involved in co-ops and get-togethers and group activities and others are just so very laid back that they just, they follow their kids' interests and wherever it leads them, it leads them, but they try to avoid the formal. So the beauty of on-schooling is that you are able to make it work for your children, whatever they're looking for. If they want to learn how to dance, you can sign them up for dance. If they want to learn how to train dogs, you can find resources for that. And it's up to your kids whether they want to join classes or whether they want to just learn on their own at home. Um, you know, there's just, there's a lot of different ways to do it, but it really requires us to change the way we think about things and for us to really focus on learning being a natural, enjoyable thing so that our kids are eager to learn. So they want to go and explore the different things that are around them. In this world, I think that 's important. Um, you know, and again, it really goes back to just trusting our children, trusting our children that if they 're doing their work at ten o 'clock at night, <laughs> not literally, um, that whatever time of day they 're digging into something that they really are they 're learning something and they're they 're enjoying. Learning, I think that's the most important thing because I think it's so sad how so many of our kids just they go through life learning what they have to learn when they have to learn it and they're just glad to do it and get it over with. And I think that was the tipping point for my family when I caught myself saying to my son one day, just do your work. The sooner you do it, the sooner it's done and then you're free. And, you know, I heard that. I was like, oh, my goodness. That's like the last thing I've ever wanted my kids to equate with learning. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, it was at that point that we really, we kind of drastically jumped into unschooling. I maybe went off the deep end a little bit, but I got rid of all of our curriculum. I put it in boxes. I got rid, I gave some of it away. There was some that I sold. I sold. I did hold on to some of it because I will admit I do have a thing for curriculum for some things and I do have some kids out of my four who do enjoy and appreciate a book where they can see start to finish where they're going mostly when it comes to like geography or um, history can be helpful for the timeline feature of things foreign language is another one where i think the books can be very beneficial but we do hold on very loosely to those materials and we use them as we feel led and we don't allow ourselves to feel like we're cuffed to them so so on schooling it can look like whatever you want it to look like but ultimately it requires us as adults to become models or facilitators and mentors, and not so much teachers. We're not in charge. We're just coming alongside our kids to help encourage and guide them as they see the need. Um, Deschooling. Deschooling is something that I think is so important, not just for families who are looking to on school, but for families that are even leaving the public schools and coming into homeschooling. Or perhaps their kids are very young and their kids have reached the formal the, the age where they legally are required to begin schools. Well, you know what? It's a good time to de-school before you start homeschool. So de-schooling. What exactly is it? I'm sure... And maybe you're familiar with the term. Um, I know that deschooling is something that we actually we still do pretty regularly in our household. Um, to give you a brief explanation, deschooling is an adjustment period that a child, and let's be realistic, us moms and dads go through it too, when we're leaving school and beginning to homeschool. The concept is that to really benefit from homeschooling, we need to let go of the idea, the norm, that the public school culture has instilled in us. And so de-schooling is seen as a crucial part of bringing our children home. Um, you know, as we're doing it, there's there's a couple basic things that you can do to really successfully de-school. And and I will say this has always been very hard for me. No matter how many times I do it, I do struggle. Because, as you're going to see, it's definitely not what we're used to. So for older kids, I think it's really important for us to talk to them and explain about de-schooling that we're going to take a break for a while. We're going to just get used to all being home together. We're going to get used to all this extra time that we have. And it's important for our kids to know that it may not look the same as school as they're used to it. Or as their friends talk about it. We've got to get that out in the open, I think. That home education can be different. And it's okay. Um, You know, there's some kids... As they're able, encourage them to talk about what they want it to look like. What are they hoping for now that they're home? We don't want to get in the habit of telling our kids what to do. But we want to take a break from curriculum and formal academics. Um, Sometimes you have a kiddo who they just, they really want to do something that's work you know, there's some fun little workbooks you can get at the dollar store. There's cooking and baking can always be a really fun way to do things. If your kids are artistic, you can have them draw a picture or write you a story or tell you a story if they're not at the age where they really are able or if they just are a very reluctant writer. You don't want to, at this point in time, Really focus on the academics. You don't want to go out and buy a ton of curriculum and all kinds of resources. But you just really want to relax with your kids. Get to know them. Take a look and see what things really light them up. What things they get excited about. What do they enjoy? Going places is another really awesome thing to do while you're deschooling, Even if it's just hanging out At the park. We went to a playground today and I think we were there for about four and a half hours. My one son brought walkie-talkies, and my other son brought a video camera, and my girls brought some of their dolls, and they just played and they made friends. And I think by the time they had been there for an hour maybe, there was a group of like twenty-some kids that they were all running around playing and hide and seek with walkie talkies. And it was just crazy, but they had a blast. If you're able to go to museums, go to historic sites, go to art galleries, concert plays, sporting events. Um, A lot of that stuff, it costs money. But there are always ways to get in free or discounted prices for different things. So Definitely, you don't want to break the bank. You don't want to spend a ton of money on this. But, you know, most of the time, I know I've Googled before, free things to do outside in southeastern Wisconsin, which is where I am. And it never fails. There's always a ton of stuff that comes up. And sometimes it's getting a park pass and just going to visit the state parks. Just let them out. Take your time. Follow their lead and see what happens. Deschooling is also a really good time to find your local homeschoolers. Talk to the librarians. Um, Google different homeschool co-ops. Maybe if a co-op isn't your thing, we're in the process of renovating our house right now. I'm not a big fan of big co-ops. I'm, And, you know, the smaller ones that we have just don't fit with our schedules right now. So as soon as our rehab is done, I actually have... Two or three families that have agreed will get together maybe once or twice a month, and one will teach science, and I'll do a baking class. We'll do cake decorating, bread making, um, you know, lots of different things. We'll do a reading and writing workshop, a book club. There's lots of different things you can do, and this is where you kind of have to learn your self-control <laughs> so you don't overdo and wear yourself out. And keep in mind, we're still not at a place where you're really doing things. This is just finding the resources, finding the people in your area that are doing this so that you have those connections, you have their support. Another thing I really like to do during deschooling schooling is just fill our house with craft supplies, clay and paint, rocks. My kids love to rock paint. Um, We'll save cardboard boxes, and we'll get a glue gun and tons of glue sticks, and my younger son made the coolest tank just out of cardboard and hot glue. Unfortunately, we left it in the garage, and over a really hot summer, it all fell apart. But I have great pictures somewhere, and he learned so much just working through this YouTube video Well, he built it. There's rafts. There's go outside and go fishing. There's binoculars. There's bird watching. There's nature sketching. There's going swimming or hiking. Um, if there's a local gym, you can go there and work out for a time. Sometimes it's as simple as putting up a sprinkler in the backyard or just starting the habit of going on a walk around your neighborhood on a regular basis there's lots of different opportunities Um, you can also go to the library library is always a wonderful thing I am all for reading lots and lots of reading and we love read aloud time we really do and when we're not doing read aloud time we love audiobooks there's lots of great adventures and odyssey um, Jonathan Park is fabulous and there's a handful of other ones that my family loves to use so that when we're on the road because hockey season happens and so we're on the road a lot so they're not always watching a movie or fighting in the back seat there's something to engage them and we have great stories pride and prejudice and some bible stories and and then there's always music too So there's lots of different ways to give your kids gently some experiences while you're still not doing any academics. Volunteering is another excellent way. That may be a little bit harder right now with the COVID. We actually had a bunch of volunteer stuff I was looking into that's kind of on hold right now. But local humane societies, animal shelters, I'm sure, are always open to older kids coming in to help play with the animals that are there, maybe help with cleaning them. I know one of our local shelters offers the opportunity for teens to get out there and help their veterinarians. So it's kind of a neat way to get involved in that if you have a kid who's thinking that they might want to get into something like that. But there's lots of church organizations, there's thrift shops, there's food cook kitchens, there's homeless shelters. You know, get your kids connected, help them to see all the opportunities that are out there and how important it is for us to serve and to help one another. I think that matters a lot. And that's one of the memories that I have that sticks with me most from when I was a child, all the opportunities that my mother and I were involved in reaching out and helping various members of our community. Now there's also documentaries, there's educational TV. If, if you're worried about your kids just sitting in front of the TV watching whatever they choose, there's always, there's the History Channel, there's Curiosity Stream. is this amazing app. That has so many good things on it, and they're all both educational and super interesting. You also have PBS. Um, there's shows like MythBusters. There's um, there's just there's a bunch of different things, and you can I mean really you can even Google um, and find educational stuff, whether it's Amazon Prime or Hulu or Netflix you're using. There's just so many amazing ways to let your kids just kind of veg out, but still help to kind of guide where they're learning. Um, We're actually going through this whole series that we found on YouTube that's just shipwrecks, and it's just fascinating kind of traveling the world. With this group who goes underwater to explore all these shipwrecks. And you learn the history of the ship and what happened to it. And sometimes there's so much involved. It's just, it's unbelievable. And like I said, we're not even talking about academics right now. We're not starting reading and writing and math. We're literally just letting our kids explore. TED Talks is another good one. And of course, we all know there's so many different things that you can find on the internet to do a virtual tour of castles all over the world, or different museums in different parts of the country. There's just so much. And, you know, once we're getting our kids on the TV and on the internet, I do think it's important for us to talk about safety and responsibility with them. But from there you know, I think it's really important for us to give them some freedom to explore those things that really matter. You know, my son went on this binge long ago with Spongebob. Just watched nonstop episodes of Spongebob. I am not a Spongebob fan, but, you know, I was talking to a friend about it, And she said, but you know, he's an excellent friend. He's got this character that, well, yes, he's kind of annoying. He's always a friend. He's always looking for ways to help people. He's super loyal to his job. He loves his job. And they're rattling off all these lessons that they have found for their kids in the cartoon SpongeBob. So... I think it's important for us to have those connections with other people so that when there is something that our kids are doing that just doesn't feel right to us, you know, we can put that out there and we can have other people say, hey, this is what I think. This is what I would do. This is how I see this. It's good to have that extra perspective because, again, the whole on schooling, it's different. It's not supposed to look like anything that you've done before. So, we're we're deschooling our kids. We're really we're just living life. We're making meals together. We're baking cookies. We're cleaning the house. You know, cleaning the bathroom is huge. Making sure that the cupboards are clean and that food is put away properly. Those are really good lessons for our kids. Planning meals, grocery shopping, making a list. Um, you know, decorating the house even. My daughter loves to set the table. She will spend all this time cleaning off the table and setting the dishes just right. She'll go outside, pick a couple flowers, if she can find some, set those in the middle, and it's a great experience because you know this stuff can translate into hospitality later on, too. When she's older and she wants to have her friends over for coffee or tea she's going to be able to clean up the house, make it warm and inviting, make little treats for her friends. You know, there's there's a lot of strengths that come from those sorts of things. And you know, while we're deschooling or else while we're deschooling our kids, we're really deschooling ourselves too. We're really helping ourselves to see how learning can happen in a very different way. So that, for now, is my rundown on unschooling, what it is, and deschooling. I really didn't mean to go this long. I thought I would talk for maybe 10-15 minutes. Um, but I really do hope that this has helped someone to get a better vision as to what it can look like and how important it is to Reset our minds and teach ourselves some new things while we're also teaching our kids or allowing our kids to teach themselves some new things. So, for now, I'm going to say have a beautiful night. And next time I come on, we will talk more about unschooling and how to really dig in your heels and determine and get it done. For now, Have a great night.